In this podcast from the 2019 Mate Summit, Mate Service expert Ginger Whitson explains life cycle marketing and how you can use it to attract leads and convert sales to retain for your cleaning business. She will answer all of your questions in this talk, including where do I start? What's the best way to market? How much should I be spending on marketing? In this presentation, you will learn the three-stage framework, including how the system will help your maid service get great reviews and recurring cleaning clients, one of the biggest mistakes people make when trying to convert leads, how to nurture your prospects over a long period of time without being annoying, and how to analyze your marketing to find out what you can improve. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Ginger Whipson and I'm the owner of Cleaning Business Growth. Before I get started on my session, I'd like to give a shout out to Amar for inviting me to be a part of the Zenmade Summit. Uh, Amar, I really appreciate it and thank you very much. And uh, let's get going. So a little bit about me so you know, you know who you're hearing from here. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Ginger Whitson. I am an owner of a cleaning business just like you. I own Love My Maids in Arlington, Texas, and I also own Cleaning Business Growth. I'm, I'm now an absentee owner, or, or as Debbie Sardone would say, I own a freedom-based business where I no longer work in my maid service. I, also, I do other things, right? I do uh, cleaning business growth, and I spend most of my time helping other cleaning business owners grow their business. You know, that's kind of my, my gig these days. So hopefully you'll learn a little bit about marketing from me today. We're, we're going to teach you about life cycle marketing. It's a framework for, you know, putting together a marketing plan to attract leads, convert sales, and retain customers, right? And there's three stages. You know, one is pulling people into our funnel. The second stage is converting those leads into paying customers. And the third stage is about turning customers into promoters so that they will help us uh, grow our business through referrals and reviews. Now, when you look at this slide, what do you think? Okay, what, what emotion does this slide evoke in you, right? So when I put it together, you know, I looked at it, I go, oh my gosh, I'm, this, is, this is anxiety on a piece of, piece of paper, right? So this is what a lot of people feel when they think about marketing. It just feels like there's so much to do, and I don't know how to put this in any kind of order. Seriously, it's just, you know, anxiety all day long thinking about how I'm going to grow my business and how do I make sense of, you know, this thing called marketing, right? Well, we're going to help you make sense. So the people I talk to during the day uh, when I'm doing demos for Infusionsoft, you know, they've got a lot of questions about marketing, right? So, you know, things like, where do I start? You know, what's the best way to market? How much should I be spending on marketing? Does Valpack work? Does Yelp work? What about Money Mailer, Google Ads? You know, should I do SEO now or SEO later? You know, how do I, how do I know if my marketing is working? Um, and how much growth should I plan for? What's a good growth goal to have? And of course, you know, these are a lot of really important questions that need answers, uh, but there's usually not a whole lot of answers out there. And so what, it, what people end up feeling about marketing is that it's overwhelming, it's confusing, it's frustrating, and it's exhausting, okay? And what I believe is that to cut through that overwhelm, we need a map, right? Now, you know that maps make things easier, right? So imagine if you're going from Dallas to Chicago, if you have a map, or these days I guess a GPS, right? 
So if you've got a GPS, um, you're going to get in your car in Dallas, and you've got a way to get to Chicago. You know, you're going to make mostly the right turns, and you're going to get there in a minimal, minimal amount of time, and, you know, all's going to be well. But if you don't have a map or you don't have a GPS to follow, getting from Dallas to Chicago could probably be pretty challenging, right? It could be confusing and frustrating, overwhelming, uh, because we just we don't know where to turn. We don't know which highway to get on. We don't know the fastest route. So a map really helps us do that. And so what I hope to introduce you today is a framework that you can use like a map to develop your marketing plan. So it's called lifecycle marketing. Lifecycle marketing is simply a framework or a map, you know, that helps you design a marketing plan to pull people into your funnel, close that sale, and do such a good job for your customers that um, they're going to come back over and over and over again and refer your business and write you great reviews. Okay, let's take a look. So the typical view of marketing, okay, and, and I, I used to look at marketing this way as well, is that you spend some money on marketing, okay, uh, that's going to produce some leads, and when I say that I mean it's going to produce website traffic and phone calls, so when they get on your website, hopefully uh, the majority of them are going to fill out a form, and hit submit to request a quote or they're going to pick up the phone and call you right and then hopefully if you do a good job on the sales side you're going to you know get some new customers okay now what's wrong with this picture and i talk to people about this all the time is that most cleaning business owners feel like they only have one or two chances to convert right so let's think about it somebody fills out a quote form we you know, immediately, hopefully, pick up the phone, try to give them a call. Sometimes they answer, sometimes they don't, right? Um, if we're smart, we try again, right? Maybe maybe even another time. But most people don't try more than about three times, okay? And if they do get them on the phone, if they don't convert them right then and there, okay, uh, the follow-up is usually one additional phone call a couple of days later to see if they've made a decision. Okay, and that's kind of where it ends. And I want to tell you that the problem with this scenario is the fact that leads not converted will evaporate and you'll never convert them. They're going to be gone forever if you let them evaporate. So let me show you an alternative. So here's a good question. So what if instead of one to two chances with that, you know, to convert that lead into a, into a customer, what if you can have a hundred or more chances to convert that lead? Okay. Well, I can tell you it's, you know, pretty obvious that something's going to happen, right? Because you've got more chances. So you've got a better chance of converting that lead to a sale if you touch that lead more often, if you market to them longer or even forever. Think about that. And you would also stretch your marketing dollars. Okay, so you spend a certain amount of money this month. If you market to them forever and you get another customer or two out of that market, out of the, that, you know, that uh, number of leads, um, you're going to stretch your marketing dollars, right? So let me give you an example. So imagine that you're sitting there, you know, with the typical view of marketing. You know, you spend a thousand. Let's say you get, you know, a hundred leads, right? Out of that hundred leads, you get four recurring customers. And your cost of acquisition is $250. So it's 1,000 divided by 4, 
$250. But let me, let me ask you this. What if you could get one more additional recurring customer out of that 100 leads? Okay. If you get one more customer, it reduces your cost of acquisition to $200. That's good. What if you could get two more and take on six recurring customers out of that 100 leads that you paid $1,000 for? Reduces your cost of acquisition to 167. What if we get three more? What if we get six more? What if we get just six more sales out of that 100 leads that we paid $1,000 for? We have now reduced our cost of acquisition down from $250 to $100. Talk about stretching your marketing budget. That right there is gold, I'm telling you. So life cycle marketing, let's, let's, let's break this down, right? So your typical marketing, I'll use my little thing here, uh, is paid marketing, a quote form, and a phone, and maybe a landing page or two for your Google Ads, right? So this is, this is where it stops, right? And what I'm going to tell you is that there's a lot of opportunities missed if you don't take it further. So what we're going to talk to, to talk about today is, you know, how to move it along and nurture your prospects. You know, nurture every quote for at least, you know, a couple of weeks to, to four weeks. Do quote follow-ups. Put, put your prospects into a long-term prospect nurture. On the sales side, we're going to talk about, you know, making sure that you have a great sales script and that you educate your prospects on your value proposition that you're able to handle objections and close sales, okay? Taking it a step further, when we get a customer, we're gonna onboard them right. We're gonna make sure we establish a relationship with them so they don't view us as a commodity, right? They view us as a relationship, somebody they know and like and trust, okay? Checking in on them, doing satisfaction surveys, you know? Upselling and cross-selling our existing customers, it's so much easier to sell to somebody who all, who already knows, likes, and trusts you, right? As opposed to the, these strangers, you know, that, that are here at the other end that, that don't know you that are in the beginning of your funnel. So making sure we're reaching out to customers and doing upsells. And then lastly, and I would say almost most importantly, and we'll talk about this, is making sure that you're requesting review, uh, referrals from your customers, requesting reviews, and if you do lose a customer, don't let them go easy. You know, try to win them back. Okay, this is life cycle marketing. This is making sure that we're marketing throughout the entire life cycle of a customer and that it doesn't end right here with at the point of the phone call, the sales call, right? We don't want it to end there. This podcast is brought to you by ZenMade. Now, if you need help with your automation or if you're frustrated with the amount of time that scheduling is taking you currently, you need to visit ZenMade.com. We started over six years ago building simple software for cleaning businesses just like yours. If you take a look at the site, you can see all of the things that we're working on, all of the feedback that we get from our audience, from this podcast, from the Facebook group, from all the other places. So if you're interested again zenmade.com and take a look at what we've been working on now you know if you're if you're like most people that I talk to on the phone daily you can say yes I do two or three of these consistently 
and the rest I either don't do at all or I do not do consistently, right? And that's that's a bit of a problem, so we got to fix that, right? Because I want you to understand that marketing should not be a one-shot deal. You shouldn't just have that one sales call and maybe a follow-up call or two to get a customer. There's so many more opportunities to market to the lead that you have already paid for, okay? So let me put together what I believe is the perfect growth machine, okay? Top of the list is a great marketing plan. Um, you really need to think through what you're doing for marketing, and it probably includes things that you haven't thought about. So for example, part of your marketing plan is dedicating the right number of dollars to your marketing you know, budget. Five to ten percent is what I recommend. Five percent if you want to grow, you know, kind of slow and steady. Ten percent if you want to, you know, hit the metal. I mean, hit the pedal a little bit harder. Um, but five to ten percent of your budget. If you're not spending enough on marketing, um, you're not going to get the ump that you need to grow. Okay, it's just it's just that simple. Marketing is all about dollars and and putting those dollars in the right place. The next thing is a great lead capture strategy. So we cannot use lifecycle marketing, obviously, if we don't capture lead information, if we're not getting their, their name and email address. So the goal is for the people that actually fill out a form or call you, which is not 100% of your leads, because some, some of your leads go to your website, look around, and, and disappear, right? But whoever fills out a form or calls you on the phone, we're going to capture lead information 100% of the time. That's the goal, right? The next part is selecting the right vehicles, right? So the right vehicles have to do with, you know, am I going to do AdWords? Am I going to do Yelp? Am I going to do postcards? You know, am I going to do money mail or coupons or whatever? So, you, you, you know, you got to make some decisions there. And I have to tell you, I mean, I use a, a method that I call spray and pray. <laughs> you know, I try things, um, I experiment, and I measure. A long time ago, this is when I very first started, I used, I can't remember what it was called, EDDM or something like that. It was postcards. And I spent $3,200 on postcards, and I just blanket sent them out. It was like 10,000 postcards, uh, and I prayed, right? Hopefully, this is going to bring, you know, some customers make the phone ring. didn't work so well. I don't know if it was my app copy. I don't know if it was the, the areas that I picked. Whatever it was, it didn't work, right? So it's really important that when you try, that you do try things, right? And then you analyze why didn't it work? Was it my copy? Did I pick the wrong you know, neighborhoods, whatever, whatever? And then lastly, you know, if it didn't work at all, and I don't think I can make it work, don't do it, right? Pick something else, you know? And for me, you know, Google and Yelp are where I get most of my customers, but I know every market is different. So, you know, you just got to, you know, spray and pray, you know, try things out, experiment, measure, and then uh, go from there. The next thing is having a great sales process. And a lot of people don't think of having a great sales process or a great sales call as being a part of their marketing plan, but it absolutely is the one of the most important parts of your marketing plan, because if you can, if you get that, you know, if you lead a horse to water and you can't make them drink, well, that's wasted marketing dollars. You know, when we get that lead to the front door, we need to be able to get that lead through the front door and, you know, into being a paying customer. Okay. 
And then the last thing, and again, something that I think a lot of people don't include in their marketing plan, is having a strong customer wealth strategy. You know, doing what we have to do to number one, make sure our customers don't leave us, right? Because what a waste to pay for a lead, go through the process of converting them to a customer, and then at some point letting them walk out the door. So we've got to we got to make sure they're happy, right? And uh, when we do, when our customers are happy. You know, reviews follow, referrals follow, it's all goodness, okay? So when we do, where's my mouse? When we do these things well, hopefully this is what we get, a steady flow of leads, okay? It's important, that word steady is important, right? Because what we don't want is we don't want peaks and valleys of leads because, you know, that that's kind of chaotic. I mean, it's chaotic to our business. We want to get our marketing and our hiring in sync nice cadence that's manageable and and we grow there okay so a steady flow of leads and then if we throw lifecycle marketing behind that and we market we capture that lead information and we market to that lead all the way through the customer journey okay while they're a prospect once they're a customer even if they leave us as a customer we're going to continue to market to them so this to me is what makes a very good and strong growth plan. Okay, let's go back to the life cycle marketing. Okay, so this is where uh, we're going to talk about how to take a lead from a prospect, that's the attract stage, take a prospect and make them a customer, that's the sales stage, and then take them from a customer to a promoter, that's the wow stage. And I'm going to walk you through each stage now. All right. So the attract stage, you know, number one, it's about understanding your target market. You know, there's there's a lot of people that, I mean, I guess all of us know that, you know, we have an idea of what our target market is. You know, it might just boil down to the fact that our target market is anybody that wants a cleaning, right? Uh, that's, a, that's a little broad, I think. Um, it, does, it does make a difference, I think, that if you, if you really break it down, um, my target market, when I thought about it, people ended up in about three buckets. One was busy families with children. They're busy, they're carting kids all over the place. They need a cleaning service just to help them keep up. Money's usually a little bit of an issue because they got a lot going on. The second bucket I, I have are empty nesters. These are actually my favorite customers. Empty nesters are more mature adults, still working, probably you know towards the top of their career, kids are gone, and uh, they've got disposable income, and they just don't want to clean anymore. They did that, been there, done that, right? And so that is, personally, those are my favorites because they, they don't complain very much. They're, they're happy for the service anyway. They're, they're my favorite. And then my third bucket are seniors, okay? We have a lot of senior customers. And of course, you guys understand they're, they're, you know, their big deal is they want to stay in their house. They, uh, they, there's certain things they can't do anymore, but they still need to be done. Budget is an issue, and you know, so you got to understand that. So, just think about it this way: if you're marketing, you know, don't you think it helps to know who you're marketing to? Okay, because that's going to determine what words you choose, what pictures you choose, you know, how you approach things, even on the phone. If you get a little information from somebody and you know you're talking to an empty nester versus a senior, would you approach that sales call differently? Okay. And I would say it would be smart if you spent a little bit of time, you know, breaking down 
who your main customers are and what their needs and pain points are. The second thing, and I already mentioned, is to spend five to ten percent of your marketing uh, on your of your monthly revenue on paid marketing. Right? It doesn't matter what you do. Spray and pray if you like. Experiment. Do what works. You know, if something works, keep at it. If something doesn't work, give it up or tweak it and try it again. But ultimately, you're going to pick something, and it should hopefully make the phone ring. And if it doesn't, don't keep doing it. Right? This podcast is brought to you by ZenMade. If you need help with just about anything in your maid service, make sure to join the ZenMade Mastermind on Facebook. We have a community that has over 4,000 maid service owners just like you who are struggling with things daily, who are sharing their wins daily, and uh, asking for help. So if there's absolutely anything that we can help you with, just go to the ZenMade Mastermind on Facebook, request to join, just answer the three-question survey, and you'll be in within a couple of hours and you can make some friends in your area all that stuff the next thing is capture 100 percent of your lead information if they fill out a form make sure you're getting enough information to provide a quote all of my quote forms not only do we get you know name and email address and phone so that we can contact them we also try to understand the desired service that they're looking for the frequency that they're looking for and that sort of thing so that we have enough information that we can actually send them a quote if we don't get hold of them. My goal always is to send a quote if I can't get hold of them, not just to try to get hold of them, you know, forever. And then once you provide a quote, and we provide 100%, we provide 100% of our leads that we capture lead information for, we provide them with a quote, okay? And then once we have them in our funnel, then we're going to, nurture that quote. We're going to nurture that quote and for me 28 days here I say minimum two weeks. I think I think that not everybody's ready to buy the first minute they talk to you. Sometimes they got to think about it. Uh, there's other things to consider. Maybe they're calling around but you know stay in front of that prospect for at least two to four weeks uh, a little more assertively than you would um, a, a normal prospect that it, it kind of gone cold right. And then lastly if you don't convert them now. Don't think that you can't convert them later. You can. You know, sometimes people try someone else. Uh, they've got a different, you know, a lower price somewhere, and they decided to give them a try. You know, that might not work out. You know, sometimes they change their mind. You know, um, or whatever. Something happens, and you don't convert them. Well, don't think that they they're never going to convert. They will, eventually, if you continue to market to them. Or I should say, they might convert if you continue to market to them. They absolutely will never convert if you don't continue to market to them. Okay? And I'm going to show you a couple of things. I'm going to go a little deeper in these two. Okay? So this is my 28-day quote nurture. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I do automated marketing with Infusionsoft. This stuff can be automated, but you don't need Infusionsoft to do this. Okay? You can do it in your regular email. Uh, you can do it in a free MailChimp account. You can get constant contact, which last time I looked was you know, like $40 to $70 a month. Um, so there's lots of ways to do this. So don't think that if you can't afford something like an automated marketing system like Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign or whatever, whatever is out there, um, that you can't do this. You absolutely can. It just takes a little more effort, I think, uh, the, the less automated the, the process is. But this is what we do for our 28-day quote nurture. So the first thing we do is we try to get people on the phone. 
Okay, and this is typical. This is what most people that I know do. They try to get them on the phone and hopefully give them a quote. They send them a quote email, you know, with the, the particulars about, you know, uh, what the service is and how much it's going to cost. They wait a, a minute or two, right, and then they do a follow-up call. Okay, and if they're smart, maybe they even do a couple of follow-up calls. Well, we go a little beyond that. Right. So the next thing we do is we wait a couple of days. We give them a little space. Right. And then we send them an email that has information about my company. You know, you know, this is love my mates. This is what we value. This is what's important to us. This is what we do for you. That sort of thing. Right. So we send them about us email. Then we wait two more days and we send them an email that has testimonials in it. So this is sending them you know, social proof. This is what our customers say about us and helping them understand how, how our customers view our services. We wait another three days and, you know, by now, I mean, you're a week into this. The lead is definitely going cold or at least cold, cool, right? And so we wait three days and now we're going to start with some coupons, right? So in my case, we send them a $30 off a deep clean. So that's their first claim, okay? And we specify a deep clean as opposed to a general clean. So we're pushing them to our higher price uh, clean. And then after that first $30 off, we wait a day and we call them. Okay. So Mrs. Smith, this is uh, Ginger at Love My Mates. You know, we just sent you a $30 off coupon yesterday. Was hoping I could go ahead and get you started and save you $30. Okay. So it's a phone call. The next thing we do is we wait five more days. Okay, again, trying to give a little space here, right? We don't want to seem overly aggressive. And we send them another $30 off coupon. A little bit different marketing copy. It's not a copy of that first one, right? You're just taking a different angle, right? Different picture, that sort of thing. And then lastly, we wait seven days and we send a, uh, an email that says, hey, your quote is expiring, okay? And, uh, you know, call by the end of the day if you'd like to, you know, book your cleaning at, at this particular price. And uh, that's what we do for 28 days. So, as you can see, it's, it really, we, we don't kill people by email. You wouldn't want to do that because I think, I think that would be a problem. But we do send them, I think, enough to stay in front of them during that period of time that most people are, you know, weighing and deciding. Okay, so that's the point of that. And then we drop them into our long-term prospects. So if we don't get them here, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to put them into a longer-term prospect nurture. Let me show you that. So this is my prospect promotional calendar. Okay. And you can see that I can find my mouse again. There you go. Uh, across the top, these are our monthly specials. Now we run a monthly special every month with the exception of the months that we do seasonal promotions okay and they're usually 25 or 30 off a, a deep cleaning okay and they're all different demographically the pictures are different you know we just try to appeal to to different tastes and different people and different demographics with with different copy and different um, pictures but those monthly specials the goal there is to stay in front of that customer okay because here's what I'll tell you. I mean, everybody that's listening, I'm sure, has signed up for a list. Or, or maybe like me, you've signed up for 50 of them, right? And you get those emails. 
you know, and you don't open them every time. You just open them either when the subject line looks interesting or you need something. You need something related to what they're to what they're selling, right? And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that if they if we didn't convert them the first time, that we stay in front of them often enough that they get used to the fact that hey, when I want a cleaning service, you know, this is a company that you know now I know I know who they are, and I also know I get regular coupons. Okay, so maintaining a presence in their inbox is important. Okay. The other things we do is we do what we call promotions. So in January, we do a recurring service promotion. This is a semi-annual sale, $100 off when they sign up for recurring service. So what we're really promoting here is recurring service. Okay, And we do this in our two lightest months of the year, January and July. Those are the two months where uh, we're doing the least amount of business. And yours might be different, but this is what it is for me. In February, we do a Valentine's Day gift card promotion. In April, we do a spring cleaning promotion where we send out three emails uh, trying to get them to sign up for a, you know, a deep cleaning in spring. In May, we do a Mother's Day promotion. In July, it's another recurring service promotion. In August, we do an end of, end of summer sale. So the end of summer sale, think about it. Kids have been home all summer house is probably uh, in need if <laughs> you know what I mean and we get a lot of we get a lot of customers with this uh, with this August sale we do another one in fall trying to get a jump on the deep claims that are going to come in November and December and then lastly from Black Friday through you know the first part of uh, December we run a another uh, gift card promotion for the holidays okay and again, the whole purpose of this is staying in front of your client so when they're ready to buy, you're the first company that they think about. So let's look at the sell stage. What we just talked about was the attract stage, pulling people into your funnel. And now the sales stage is really about converting that lead to a customer, right? And the thing I want to mention here uh, is how little attention most cleaning business owners pay to their sales script. Okay, your sales script should be written. Okay, it should be tested, and it should be tweaked until you're getting the sales results that you want. I had a sales girl that doesn't no longer works for me, but but she was having difficulty selling, right? And so we took the sales script and we tweaked it, rearranged a few things, and it's amazing the difference in her sales. I mean, literally, it was a noticeable large different difference in the number of sales she converted just by changing the order of what she was presenting with. Okay. This podcast was brought to you by ZenMade. If you need help with your management, check out the five tools that helped the ZenMade team, which includes five maid service owners, to succeed in their businesses. That free download is available at zenmade.com slash podcast, as well as plenty of other resources for you and your maid service. When you're on the phone with a potential client, or, or whoever you hire to do this. I, I have a sales girl that does this. So some of the skills that you or they have to have is not only do you have to be able to deliver a sales script in a way that works, um, you've also got to be able to 
you know, educate potential clients on the value of your company, you know, and definitely be able to address objections. You know, the biggest one that most of us hear are, wow, you're expensive. You know, have you really thought about scripting out what you're going to say? Okay, sit down and write it out. And once you say it 10 times, you don't have to look at the notes anymore. But it's good to really sit down and think through how am I going to make, how am I going to handle the, the typical objections that come up during a sales call. Okay, and then to be able to close the sale by using good sales technique, you know, and one of those is by using closing questions. Okay, and so here's, here's a few I'll, I'll give you and uh, these things work like a charm. So at some point in the sales call, you know, you've, you've delivered to them a price for your, your top to bottom, your general, your, your biweekly service or whatever they're looking for. And then what you have to do is you have to say, what works best for you? A general claim or a top to bottom? The question asks them to make a decision. Well, I'm thinking the deep claim might be best. Okay. Well, when would you like to get started? Well, I don't know, but I was thinking next week. Okay. Is Tuesday or Wednesday better for you? Wednesday's better. Closing questions, I mean, they're not going to always close your sale, but they move people closer to a decision. Okay. So just, you know, pick up some books on sales. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there. And, uh, you know, learn some really good sales techniques that are not what they call salesy. They're not pushy. I don't believe in that. But there are some techniques that kind of help people march them down the sales path to a conclusion that you're looking for, which is a closed sale. Okay. And then lastly, when you onboard, I mean, when you close a sale, make sure you don't just start their service and let that be that. Okay. Onboard your new customers in such a way that you can build the relationship and get to know them and have them get to know you. Okay. So let's look at new customer onboarding. Okay. And I'll share with you what we do. So most everybody, typical, sends out a booking email. You might put it into your, your Outlook or your Gmail or, or whatever, but you send something out that says, hey, you know, thank you for, you know, signing up with our company or booking a cleaning, and uh, here's the details of your clean, your first clean, how much it costs, that sort of thing. Uh, but we go a little bit further than that with our new customer onboarding, and you should too. Um, after we send the booking email, we wait a day, and we send them a little information about our company. This could be terms of service. It could be your, your values. It could be whatever. I mean, you could include checklists, just anything that you want to send them that helps educate them about your company and provides extra value. This, this email right here should build value in their mind. They should think more of you after this email than before this email. And then the next thing we do is we wait until a day before their first cleaning and we send them an email that tells them how to get the most out of their cleaning service. Now, these are things that I want the customer to know because it's going to make it easier on my ladies that have to do the cleaning. And it has things like, you know, your first cleaning is coming up tomorrow. Here's a few things that will help you get the most out of your cleaning. You know, pick up the clutter, right? Get the dishes done so, you know, we're not spending all that time doing dishes and not scrubbing your baseboards, right? Uh, put away, you know, important documents. So it's a list of things that will help them get the most from their cleaning service. And the byproduct of that is if they do those things, it's easier on your ladies. Okay. And then we wait till a day after their cleaning. 
and we send them a thank you, a thank you email. Thank you for your business. We so appreciate you and uh, your trust and faith in us and that sort of thing. And then we call them, right? So we, we give them a call. We say, hey, how was your first cleaning? You know, want to make sure you're fully satisfied and that you're happy. And, of course, deal with whatever comes your way if they're not. One thing that we often do is we don't just say, how was your first cleaning? We say, you know, if you had to rate um, your cleaning on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate it? You know, uh, if, if they say 9 or 10, you say, great, that's awesome. We'll try to keep doing that for you. And if they say something less, you say, well, what could we do better or differently? We want to do that next time. Okay. Uh, and of course, if it's really bad, you know, you, you make arrangements to go back and, and re-clean or deal with it. However, you know, you guys deal with it. So after that first follow-up call, we wait 30 days and then we do a 30-day check-in. Okay. Again, this is relationship building. This is touching base. And more than anything else, it's really about uncovering minor dissatisfactions that could someday grow into major dissatisfactions and cause somebody to quit. I mean, I had this guy that, um, you know, in one of these calls, I can't remember which one it was, but he said, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm about ready to throw the towel in. I'm really upset. And, uh, and we said, well, what's going on? You know? And he says, every time I come home, I can't find my remotes. Right. The maid puts them somewhere and I have to look all over my, my family room to, to find the remote. What an easy problem to solve, right? We put some notes in the file, talked to the maid, and, you know, that took care of that. But here's the thing. Had we not called him and had we not found this out, we might not, you know, have been able to fix it in time for him not to get totally 100% frustrated and call us out of, you know, desperation, say, I'm just going to have to find somebody else, right? And so these calls help. We're going to wait another 30 days and we're going to do a 60 day check in. And then we're going to wait another 30 days and do a 90 day check in. Um, I used to work for Allstate Insurance. They're big on customer service, that sort of thing. And they always said, hold the customer's hand for 90 days and you'll have them for life. Okay. So we want you to hold your customer's hand for 90 days. And not only will you have them longer, you'll have a relationship. And here's the problem sometimes is that if we don't build a relationship with our customers, they look at us like we're a commodity. We're just any other cleaning service, okay? And that's a prescription for failure at some point, I promise you. So you want to have a relationship with that customer. And it doesn't stop here. Uh, I'll just mention this, that, you know, we don't stop with the new customer onboarding. We check in with our customers every 90 days after this, okay? We're either giving them a call or we're sending them an email, or we're sending them a satisfaction survey. We're doing something where we're touching base and making sure that that customer uh, is still happy with us. Now, this is the last stage, the wow stage. And this is where we're going to please our customers so much. You know, with, with the basics, obviously, the basics are delivering a good quality clean, being on time, being dependable, and those sorts of things. If you can't get the basics done, probably none of this is going to work anyway, right? So making sure that you're doing the job that they're paying you to do and providing that value, right? But on top of that, some things we can do to help, check in. Like I just mentioned, check in with your clients periodically. Make sure something hasn't changed, 
right, with them or with you or, you know, with the lady that's cleaning their house. Use satisfaction surveys. You know, we send satisfaction surveys every few months. You could use a tool like QDS and send them, you know, you know, way more often than that. Whatever you do, stay on top of that. That's something to stay on top of. Turn your customers into your sales force. And I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but you cannot undervalue the value of reviews. Reviews will build your business. I promise you this. Okay. And then asking for referrals. Um, in the beginning, when we first started Love My Mage, you know, referrals were kind of, you know, few and far between. Um, but as we've gotten bigger and as we have more, you know, happy customers, I would say re referrals are, you know, a third of our sales, you know, or maybe 25%, somewhere in there. But very important to have a good referral program so that people are referring your services to their friends, family, and neighbors. Okay. Also, don't forget upsells. Okay. Your customers are already customers. They know, like, and trust you. Right. So every now and again, I mean, don't do it too often, you know, but twice a year we send out, you know, a special to our customers that say, you know, we keep your house clean year round, um, but we highly recommend that once a year you get a deep clean. And that email alone creates, you wouldn't believe how much business we get from that one email, okay? Uh, it works really good in the spring, and it also works really good in the fall before the holidays. And make sure you offer specials to encourage monthly customers to convert to bi-weekly. Send something out every now and then and say, hey, customers, if you're monthly, or send it to your monthly only, that's probably a better idea. Monthly customers, we've got a special. You can really, you know, get a good start on, you know, bi-weekly service with, you know, $50 off or whatever it is, right? This podcast is brought to you by ZenMade. If you need help with your marketing, check out the 47 keywords that the ZenMade team has put together that you need to be ranking for on Google for organic and paid keywords. Uh, you can learn more about that at zenmade.com slash podcast to download those keywords, uh, as well as plenty of other resources to help your maid service. And then lastly... Have a plan to win back lost customers, okay? Don't just let them walk out the door easy, you know? Uh, and I'm going to show you here in a second what we do to win back customers. All right. So here's our what we call our comeback campaign, and it starts with a sorry to see you go, okay? Now, occasionally there are customers that we're not sorry to see go, and we don't send them this email, right? We don't put them in the comeback campaign. Uh, we just put DNR, which stands for Do Not Resuscitate, uh, in the, next to their name in, in our scheduling system, and that's that, right? But most people, yeah, we'd like to have them back, right? So we're sorry to see them go. We send them a nice little email, tell them how much we appreciate their business that we've had and that we'd, we'd love to get them back if we could. Well, that's out of place. <laughs> so the next thing we do is we wait a month and we send a coupon. Okay, and the first coupon, so think about it. They quit and it's been a month. Their house is getting dirty, right? So we send them a coupon and say, hey, wouldn't you like to get back on our recurring schedule? And the coupon that we send them is only for that. It's only if they get back on our recurring schedule. The next thing we do is we wait another month. Now, now their house is either really dirty or if they went with somebody else, they've had enough experience with that other company probably to find out that you were better, right? So now we're going to say, 
Coupon number two, we're going to give them a special on a deep clean. Okay, come get your house deep clean, save you know, $40 or $30 or whatever you decide. And then the last thing we're going to do is we're going to wait another day and we're going to call and we're going to say, hey, how would you like to schedule that deep clean? Very similar to what we did uh, when we were doing the quote nurture. We send them a coupon and then we call and say, hey, Mrs. Smith, we sent you a coupon yesterday for a deep clean. Was hoping we could get that on the schedule for you and get your house clean. Right. And if they tell you what's going on, maybe maybe it, it will invoke a, a conversation about why they're not you know, using you or if they're using someone else or, or whatever. And then lastly, we're going to have one last ditch effort. We're going to send them one last coupon at the 90 day mark. And this one is for recurring service only. Okay. So making sure that this time, if they come back, the coupon's going to be good only if they sign up for recurring service. Okay. And that's our comeback campaign. Um, does it get them all back? No, it doesn't. But it's, it's, it's an effort that I think uh, if these people, you know, appreciate the, the attention that you pay to them and that's going to ever influence their decision about whether or not they come back, you know, this helps, right? And then lastly, before we, before we let them go completely, we drop them back in our prospect nurture. You know, so we start sending them monthly specials and those, uh, you know, like the, the spring, summer, and fall special, the, the, the gift card campaigns. So now they're just going to continue to get our regular marketing until they're ready to buy from us or they want to opt out of our list or whatever. So one last thought, I think this is the last thought I had, is um, the power of reviews. They're gold, okay? Do everything in your power to get as many reviews as you can. So this is my company, Love My Maids. And you can see there's 122 Google reviews, uh, 31 Home Advisor. We don't even use Home Advisor anymore, but they're all, they all show up online, right? So when they're looking over here, we've got 42 reviews from uh, Yelp that are, where's that from? Oh, Yelp, yeah. 42 reviews, five stars. Think about that. 300 reviews on Thumbtack. This influences people's decision to buy. Okay, so you want to you want to really you really want to get assertive about reviews. Now, here's a couple of things you can do. There's review software. I use Review Manager. It's wonderful. Uh, it does more than just help you get reviews. It helps protect you from bad reviews. <clears throat> so there's review software out there. We run contests. In fact, I saw in our team meeting this morning, our our team lead was telling the team about running a contest this month for the person that can get the most five-star reviews, okay? And I think this month they were focusing on Yelp, okay? So getting five-star reviews for Yelp, everybody, everybody gets a five-star review, their name goes into a hat, we pull somebody out of a hat at the end of the month. The last time we did, I don't know what they're giving away today, the last time we did it, gave away a family group of uh, passes to a water park, okay? And that was a couple of three months ago. So anyway, run some contests and don't forget to reach out and ask. It doesn't hurt to, you know, shoot your, shoot your customers an email and say, hey, you know, reviews help us build my, our business. If, if you're happy with what you're getting, we sure would appreciate a review. And don't forget to put the link in the email. Link it right. Make it easy. Make it easy for them to click a link and it takes them straight to, you know, the place where they need to leave a review. Okay.
So just a little recap, life, uh, life cycle marketing, you want to do it, right? So you, you want to capture all those leads and you want to make sure that you're nurturing quotes and prospects, that you've got a great sales script, that, that you really focus on that sales space and get it, you know, humming, right? Because it's important. And then lastly is that you wow your customers and you make sure that they're so happy that they're willing to promote you and your business, okay? Giving you reviews and providing referrals and buying more services from you, okay? And quit thinking about marketing as just this, okay? I think you limit yourself when you do. And of course, you miss all the opportunities here to really do a great job marketing your company. And of course, we talked about what happens to your cost of acquisition if you continue to market to people to leads you've already paid for. So if you do $1,000 a month and your typical cost of acquisition is $250, but you continue to market to those leads even if you didn't get their business, and somewhere along the line, maybe it's two months later or six months later or two years later, you get another three or four customers, look what it does to your cost of acquisition, okay? Saves you money, stretches your marketing dollars, and it's just really smart to do, okay? So that's it for me. I wish this was live so we could take some questions, but it's not. I am going to offer you us a little gift free. Infusionsoft has a lifecycle marketing planner that's pretty good. Uh, it goes through all three stages, the attract, sell, and wild stages, and it's a planner, so it's got uh, questions for you to answer, and it's got a place for you to really think about your, your target market, your ideal customer, and, and you know what makes them tick. So it's real helpful, and I'll post this on my uh, Cleaning Business Growth Inner Circle. Uh, that's my Facebook group. If you're not a part of it already, just you know join it, and it'll be there in the document section. And uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me or go to the website anytime. Always happy to, you know, answer questions and help where I can. So, thank you guys very much. Thank Mar, thank you Amar for inviting me. And uh, y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Zen Made podcast, and we hope you learned a thing or two that you can implement in your business today. If you're looking for the number one scheduling software for maid services, make sure to go to ZenMade.com and check out our 14-day free trial. If you want to hear more of these talks, you can catch them all at maidsummit.com. Have a great day.